Hey everyone, uh, it's Mike with your update for um, November 30th, it's around five o'clock New York time. So, you know, uh, there was about 90 or 100 people on today's Zoom call, so I appreciate everyone that paired through that with me. Um, you know, certainly the, the net effect for today wasn't exactly as one would have expected, uh, given that we know financial conditions ease so much since the CPI report, you know, the most logical thing would have been for Powell to come out and kind of be in the mindset of his other sort of hawkish fellow uh, Fed officials, which, you know, again, would echo something of a Messer, a Bullard, a Waller. But instead, he was sort of, I don't know, I wouldn't say he was dovish because he didn't say anything that was like completely what you wouldn't expect one to say, right? And he was still of the mindset of that rates are going to be going higher, uh, that there were not going to be any rate cuts in 2023, um, and that he saw, you know, rates obviously having to stay elevated and getting financial conditions to be restrictive. Um, but that was all really sort of known. And so the default, you know, the way the market functions these days is that when you're not more hawkish than expected, you're dovish, right? Um, and so it's kind of an asinine way to think about things, but it's not worse than expected. So therefore, it's a positive outcome. And, you know, I think that the problem here is that, you know, looking back on it now with two and a half or three hours since the, the event is over, it really makes zero sense to say with one hand that, you know, you don't want, you want, you want monetary policy to be restrictive and you want to hold rates high for a long period of time, but then say everything that, that doesn't invoke any fear into the market and, and to not add something new that actually scares the market into, you know, pushing financial conditions, making them tighter, pushing rates higher, pushing the dollar up, pushing implied volatility up and pushing the S&P 500 down. So it, it almost it, it's counterintuitive to go out there and do that. And and so it, it leaves you to believe that either one, he wants that to happen right? Because he is afraid that maybe financial conditions have tightened too quickly. Uh, and he wants to kind of ease off the, the throat of the economy a little bit. Or he knows something that's coming that he feels uh, may warrant financial conditions tightening further, meaning that the PCE report comes out tomorrow. Again, estimates are for a 6% year over year number on the headline. But again, as we've kind of talked about, those numbers were downgraded following the better than expected CPI report. So perhaps it's possible, like as I've been kind of saying, that, CP, that PCE comes in hotter than expected, and then that causes financial conditions to tighten. Uh, and again, this comes out tomorrow, so I don't see how he probably doesn't know what the data is already. But then again, anything is possible. And so therefore, you know, you don't want to over, you don't want to tighten financial conditions today and then tighten them even more tomorrow. But again, otherwise, there's really nothing that makes makes any logical sense, because on one hand, you're saying you want things to be restrictive. 
On the other hand, you're you're not really saying anything to make that financial those financial conditions to tighten. And so basically he's taking a huge chance here because as I kind of talked about over the weekend, that if he didn't say things to cause financial conditions to tighten and for rates to rise and all these things to happen, he's on the cusp of losing control of this of this market, meaning that he's he's giving the market the opportunity to run away from him and for rates to come down dramatically, for the dollar to drop dramatically, for um, financial conditions to ease. And he'll basically give the market the green light to allow all these things to happen until the next FOMC meeting, which will be two weeks, two and a half weeks away. And by then, you know, financial conditions could find themselves significantly lower than where they are now, which probably means, you know, mortgage rates come down. They come down closer to that 6% level. They've already come down to 6.5%. So, you know, it, it really it's really sort of surprising to take that type of risk. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to wait obviously and see what that data says tomorrow, but if that data comes in as expected or cooler, then the market is just going to have a field day for the next two to three weeks. And you're going to see the S and P 500 fill the gap at 4120. And there's potential for it to even go beyond that. And, Again, I don't know that this changes the longer term outlook because I think if you get that type of rally into the FOMC and you get financial conditions to ease dramatically, the Fed at that point is either going to have to push back harder or the Fed is is really going to be finding itself in a position where you know you're going to have, you know, interest rates really dropping on the long end of the curve and then all of a sudden all these conditions that the Fed has worked so hard to tighten are going to be gone unglued, right? And so mortgage rates are really going to start coming down and you're going to see, you know, everything sort of ease and that's going to actually help to improve the economy. I know a lot of people think the economy is going into a recession, but fourth quarter GDP now numbers are tracking at over 4%. You know, the third quarter numbers were, were upgraded today. Um, and so that's sort of the risk you take. And it may ultimately mean that the terminal rate needs to go even higher than five or five and a quarter percent, because the other point of this and the other reason why stocks could rally if financial conditions continue to ease is that you still have $2 trillion in reverse repo activity in the market every day. So if that money starts flowing in other directions, uh, or coming into the market and reserve balances start rising, then you really have a case to be bullish on the market. And it really is amazing because this is really going against everything that Powell has set up until this point. And nothing has changed materially in the last three weeks, but knowing that this has happened uh, in the last three weeks since that CPI report, knowing that all this happened and and... And, you know, it's like it's like when you're a kid, you know, and you did something really bad and it was like you were waiting for your mom or dad to come home from work and you're like looking out the window being like, oh, my God, they're coming. They're coming. I'm going to they're going to kill me when they find out what I did. And then nothing happening. 
and them not even, you know, saying anything to you. And then you're like left to wonder, well, it's like, is something coming later or is, did I get away with it? And if I got away with it, let me do it again and, and figure out if, you know, if, if I can get away with it again. And so that's what this creates. It creates that sort of, let me keep doing this until I get caught. And, uh, that's really where we are right now. I, again, we'll see what the data is tomorrow, but you know, God, if, if the data comes in cooler than expected or even in line, I mean, I mean, basically Powell's given the market the green light to do whatever it wants for the next three to four weeks until that next CPI print comes because financial conditions will really start to collapse and ease dramatically. Um, which will make things, you know, if for him, probably more challenging in the long run. But that's that's the bet he made today. So, um, you know, it's it's disappointing to me because, you know, you, you you see they you listen to everything they say and you you know what they need to do, and then they don't do it, and so you have no sort of uh, faith in their ability to actually maybe get this done. Um, and so unfortunately, you know, higher prices really affect, you know, 99% of the population. It only doesn't really affect those who have so much money, they don't really notice it, right? The people who aren't <laughs> probably have so much money that they don't even have, you know, they're not even doing the shopping, right? Uh, they have people doing it for them. So, um We'll see what happens tomorrow with the data, and then we'll see again what happens with the jobs data. If those two data points come in hotter than expected, you'll see the market sort of give back all these gains. But if they come in uh, as expected or cooler, then you're going to see financial condi conditions ease in a big way, I think. And there's going to be little to nothing that the Fed can do between now and um, and the FOMC meeting to stop that. So um, that's all I have for you today. If you have any questions, you can feel free to reach out. Bye.